0: the show which reviews movies, books and TV shows in their entirety. This week, we've been watching Bob Fosse's 1972 musical Cabaret. And if you've not seen it yet, here's one final warning. We will be talking about the ending of the movie. We will ruin it for you. So if you've not seen Cabaret yet, go away, watch it now, then come back to us afterwards. Have they gone? Right, on with the show. (laughs) The show. A grim 1930s Berlin during the rise of the Nazi party is perhaps an unlikely setting for a musical. Throw in a bit of bisexuality, an abortion, a threesome and some general kinkiness and it's clear that cabaret is no singing in the rain.
1: Welcome.
0: Based on a Tony Award-winning Broadway show, Bob Fosse's 1972 big-screen adaption made a star of Liza Minnelli in the role of the chaotic Bohemian nightclub singer Sally Bowles. <laughs> That's
2: me, darling. Unusual places, unusual love affairs. I am a most strange and extraordinary person.
0: But casting the role of Brian, her English love interest, wasn't so easy. No less than 20 actors auditioned, including Timothy Dalton, Malcolm McDowell, Jeremy Irons and even hello pen paul nicholas before the role finally went Maybe to michael york
2: i've gone through the motions of sleeping with girls exactly three times Maybe this time all of them disastrous
0: the musical numbers in the movie all take place within the sleazy glamour of the Kit Kat club with one notable exception a shocking rendition of tomorrow belongs to me Maybe performed by a member of the Hitler youth in a rural beer garden
1: the is the in the runs free
0: The song has often been mistaken for a genuine Nazi anthem and led to the writers John Kander and Fred Ebb being accused of anti-Semitism, despite the fact that they're both Jewish. This fact has not stopped openly racist rock groups from recording the song and performing it at white power rallies.
2: You still think you have control.
0: Released less than three decades after the end of the Second World War when memories of Nazi atrocities were still fresh in the collective memory Cabaret was always going to be controversial but it proved to be an immediate sensation going on to receive 10 Oscar nominations and winning no less than 8 a record yet to be equaled. And the winner is... Liza Minnelli. The winner is
1: Joel Gray and Cab- And the winner is Bob Fosse for Cabaret.
0: Critics loved it too, with Variety calling it literate, bawdy, sophisticated, sensual, cynical, heartwarming, and disturbingly thought-provoking. So does Cabaret stand the test of time? Is it still shocking today? And is it really the perfect musical for people who hate musicals?
3: I'll be the same. A bientôt!
0: Later in the show, we'll be taking a closer look at other musicals for people who hate musicals. And we have another of our hotly contested music quizzes to look forward to. Uh, but first, joining us are the rest of the spoiler ensemble, uh, one of which is a man who is about to burst into song at any moment. It's Andy Goulding. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And a woman with a look in her eye that suggests she might just announce to the whole world that we're going to do the show right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rachel Burnett. Hello. Okay, Rachel, this whole cabaret thing, right? It's yeah. a lesson Perfect lesson in understatement,
3: yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, it's, it's so understated. You can barely tell what the thing's about. It's um, it's incredibly flamboyant. There's lots going on. It's amazing, actually. I haven't watched it in years. And um, I've always loved it. I've watched it loads and loads of times years and years ago and then haven't watched it for a good decade or more. I'd forgotten how good it was. I'd forgotten how fantastic. And actually, the, now I'm older as well. It means even more. I think it changes as you get older. And the more you appreciate things to do with the Nazis and what's going to happen and also just the directorial genius of it as well which you're frowning which I think maybe you don't agree with me it's an opinion um, <laughs> this season,
1: all, all
0: opinions are available and uh, you know we, we know we like a difference of opinion uh, and it's important I think to uh, offer offer balance Andy now bearing in mind our whole friendship may end on your reply of this <laughs> um, what are you going to tell me
2: right well uh <laughs> With that in mind, I'm going to I'm going to start with a, a controversial opening gambit. Controversial. Then. Uh, <laughs> this uh, film, cabaret was one of the Oscar darlings of the year when The Godfather won Best Picture.
0: Oh, damn it. I had a, I had a question earlier and someone was going to get a point, whatever that means. <laughs> and quite what you would I'm do sorry, with that point. I don't know. It wasn't we, going to get you a free coffee. I we both would
3: have known the answer to that. I was, you know, to
0: be honest, I knew, I knew you would. It's not like our usual quizzes where I don't know anything. <laughs> it's, it's to do with that. And I was going to say, oh, I was going to look clever and everything. Right. Sorry, Andy. Go on.
2: Well, what I was going to say is... I think cabarets are better from The Godfather.
3: <laughs> Obviously, My. I'm going to agree with that.
2: <laughs> My. No
3: I, oil. Oh.
0: Oh, I, I don't know. I don't want to go on.
1: <laughs>
0: the, 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 the pubs are open and I'm, I'm about to go and prop up the bar. This is de- <laughs> this is depressing
2: that you think such a thing. So you're with us all the way then, Paul? The <laughs> oh, I,
0: I an amount of me is torn on this because I know that, oh, you know, there's a famous film critic that uh, the, actually when, when we interviewed him um, for our, our, our previous program, The Reading Room, I put it to him that quite a lot of the time he does say there are good things in it. And he seemed horrified when I said that to him. He didn't seem very happy. And I thought it was actually quite a good thing that, you know, even in a film that he doesn't like, he can see good things. Um, and that's where I stand on this. Um, yeah, I might as well uh, copy The Good Doctor on it but uh, and just sort of say, I can see, I understand where you're coming from, but it doesn't affect me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I, do, do you know what I think a lot of this, a lot of this really comes down to my irritation, absolute irritation that Sally, the character of Sally, <laughs> that is like an eight- year- old that's been given too many sweets and fizzy pop, is just <laughs> it, it's just annoying. If this came on on a Sunday night on film four I'd, I'd have probably given it a go. You look at it and think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a film I should perhaps like, Oscar winning. You know, Andy and Rachel probably tell me it would be okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, but you're the people that told me A Separation was good, and I watched it and it was, so I would listen to you. <laughs> And now look, <laughs> look at where we are. And I would know. I would. I would have just turned it off. It would just have been, you know, far too annoying. She's like, you remember? Have you, either of you ever played the Wii, the, the Nintendo Wii? Yeah. Okay. So um, there are when when they do the talking in there, but it actually comes up on the screen. There's a character there that goes, it talks. and He goes, <laughs> and that's just what <laughs> Sally's like. And some of the direction in this film, as well, I, I really dislike. It. It's it's all over the place. It's not there. Um, they're having one conversation which splits between morning, noon and night and it's the same conversation and they're in different locations for all of it. It's just, <laughs> you know, in places, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But the undercurrent uh, and the nastiness that's inside it as well um, and evolving and and, and and the way I can relate to that as, as to me having arguments with people who vote UKIP is it, it, it is important and it's there and it's recognisable and, um, you know, there's a director's cut to be had out of this film, I think. Uh, you take the music out of it uh, for a start. <laughs> um and but that's it. Uh, sometimes, some some points I'm sorry, I realise I'm taking over. I'm not supposed to be hosting <laughs> no, the show, but I'm a man alive. <laughs> you you get you get to some points where um He's starting to become good. You know, there's drama involved in there, and you know she stopped being annoying, and they're having good conversations. There's something serious happening. There's a serious undertone, and then they just cut away to some club with some fellow with white powdered face starts sticking his tongue out or something I don't know, and and then just it just becomes bizarre.
3: But that is that does serve a purpose. It's not like they're just chucking a song in because oh let's chuck a song in. Those songs well, they normally like punctuate me. something that's happening. So um say for example with. Um, if you could see her through my eyes, that um, yeah, you know, one with the gorilla, which probably like, surprised the hell out of you, like why the <sighs> hell is he singing to gorilla? Yes, but then at the end he said she wouldn't look Jewish at all. The whole idea is that this this Kit Kat Club is the height of hedonism. It's like you know everything that the Nazis are going to stamp down on, and it's it, it does serve a purpose. It's like look at all this stuff that's going on at the end when it goes into the mirror and it's all distorted and you can see that now that the brown shirts are in there and that this is really going to get clamped down on now. Um, The stage play is more um, explicit about what's going to happen to these people in the Kit Kat Kat club. But um, yeah, it's sort of, it does punctuate. It's quite, they are important songs. I mean, maybe this time, that sort of Sally singing about maybe with Brian there is a chance that they could have a proper settled down relationship. It's not just like, oh, it's a pleasant song to put in here. It's, yeah. it's got yeah. a meaning. A oh.
2: crucial point to make at this point as well, I think, is that uh, not every song is is a good song. And, no, they, and they know that that is the case. I mean, yeah. no one is going to defend two ladies <laughs> as no. a good song. And they know that that's a ridiculous song. Yeah. But that when that comes in, is during during the love triangle isn't it mm. with the with Maximilian and Brian and Sally mm. and that says so much about sort of attitudes towards homosexuality that that comes in at this point where there's a love triangle and it's actually two men but it's coming on two ladies. so that every song has something to say about what what's mm. going on in the in the plot at the time yeah and i think it, uh, what you were saying Paul about you get you start to get into it and then a song pops up I think it's that kind of, a, that's one of the things that I really like about, about Cabaret is that you could take the songs out. I mean, I think the songs are really handsome, but you could take the songs out and you've got a really good, solid plot there, which is not, necessarily common in musicals i mean if you go to greece and take all the songs out of greece you've got nothing there's nothing there at all well you see
0: i got frustrated by the acting in greece and just getting in the way of the songs so you know you
2: can't please me yeah Yeah.
3: no that's exactly the point is that the greece is absolutely reliant on its songs whereas cabaret absolutely isn't and there's enough of a plot there you're absolutely right that you could take them all out but all that does is just is just punctuate and it also brings you in a different audience if you had um, a film about the rise of Nazis in Berlin you'd get a certain type of audience if you then put these songs in and say Liza Minnelli's in it and Joel Grey's in it you get a whole other audience so it's I don't know I, I absolutely get where you're coming from is this the first time you've seen it?
1: Yes
0: yeah right. you see it's funny who suggested this one? Uh, we both yeah, did we but both. independently yes, of each did. other totally did. I think you did now I, when you first suggested <laughs> it I thought we were watching Chicago okay.
3: I think you'd enjoy that more <laughs>
0: I think I've seen Chicago. I can't remember if I enjoyed it or not. Pro- mm, probably not. So, probably didn't. Pro- probably <laughs> not. It's funny, you know, I have a history. Musicals. I mean, I'm, I'm taking that I'm in a room with two people who love musicals, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. When I mean, you look at your history uh, with Disney films, I mean, they're all <laughs> <laughs> your, your cartoon musicals, aren't they? I suppose, yeah, Andy. So, um, I don't know. You see, it's, I don't want to be a person that doesn't like musicals, but I think I just am. It's like mm. jazz. Don't look at me like that, Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, wash your mouth out. <laughs> but but you see, it's a funny thing because when I, I've enjoyed being in musicals. I was in musicals at school. I was in Annie at uh, school. Uh, played President Roosevelt,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and because of my lack of singing ability, they allowed me. They allowed me to talk the words.
1: Oh, fantastic! Hello, Rex Harrison. Rex
3: Harrison. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: and, uh, thank you very much. And uh, also, uh, Lieutenant in Guys and Dolls Yes Another, another non-singing role um, But I, you know I was—I I joined the chorus For that at one point But I did enjoy it
3: Is there a, any Maybe musical Maybe I should have been in like? should... What about Singing in the Rain Or Anyways, Guys and I, Dolls or... no, You seen, haven't seen them seen
0: You can't some... say you Wait, hate I, musicals enjoy...
3: If you haven't seen yeah, them
2: yeah, <laughs> I didn't, Even after being in Guys and Dolls I don't think I, I wanted To go and see it oh. Um, it's interesting that you you lump it you lump cabaret in with other musicals mm. though because it, it's so it was a massive game changer. I mean, this was it's no longer kind of people bursting into song in when, the back of a hay wagon and stuff. It was I, I, would, I would argue.
0: I would argue that it's not a game changer because it probably probably does stand out on its own. I, I, as I said earlier, there are, there are things in it. Well, I might find one of those in a minute that I enjoyed. But since then. What, what musical wise? I mean, educate me because I, obviously I've, it's missed me. I don't think it is a game changer because they all still go back to let's do the show right here.
3: <laughs> I don't think they do. I, I don't know of many musicals nowadays that. Well, I don't know many musicals nowadays. No, that's, that's the thing. I, I think suppose, it killed yeah. them. I think I think after that, Hooray. people. In which <laughs> case,
2: <laughs> <it gets laughs> you love
3: it, don't you? <laughs> but I think that whole that golden era of musicals, as it's called, the sort of you know singing in the rain and carousel and all that kind of MGM stuff, that was not acceptable after Cabaret. To do yeah. that kind of you know we're putting on a show. <laughs> yeah. see, it's,
0: it's funny because I w- I've written down here. I'll give you the choreography because there were moments in it that I was you know floored by. I thought, wow, yeah, that's, mm. well, that's Flawed.
3: It's Bob Fosse oh, I don't
0: know.
3: Bob Fossey's one of the best choreographers ever, and I don't think that's particularly something that anyone's going to argue with. The, He's yeah. a genius.
0: And the, the costumes, I, I'll, I'll give you the costumes. I'll give you the well, costumes.
3: A lot of the costumes are based on Otto, well, the whole look of it, the whole aesthetic was based on um, Otto Dix, a German expressionist painter. And in fact, there's one shot of a woman with a large monocle. At the beginning in in the Kit Kat club, she sat there and she's just holding a cigarette and there's a monocle. And that is directly lifted from one of his portraits.
0: Yeah. So, you know, there are things we can agree on. Well, you can tell by the tone of my voice, can't you? <laughs> um, but, you know, the imagery on the whole. But, I mean, I think IMDb put this really well. Or someone on IMDb, somewhere along the line. It was a parent's guide. And it mm-hmm. said it had gaudy and suggestive dancing. I like the word gaudy. <laughs> it's
3: very gaudy. Yeah, it's mm. very gaudy. It? What I absolutely loved, and I'm going to throw this in, and why this film would not be made in the same way now. I loved the jiggly bottoms of the ladies. <laughs> they had cellulite and you could see it. And I thought, you know, I love that. And they're all pasty and it didn't matter. And I thought, wow, even Liza, you know, she's a trained dancer. She's got a dancer's body, but she was not really toned. She was not really skinny. She was not Renny Zellweger in Chicago, all sticks and bones. And um, I thought, I love this because actually in a in a cabaret club in that time, there'd have been some rough types in a club like that <laughs> if they were really beautiful and amazing they'd be in Hollywood you know and I thought they were great I loved the ladies I thought they were wonderful that's
2: absolutely crucial isn't that realism of the yeah. club and so that's why why those uh those that choreography is so impressive because it's it's someone who's it's, I mean Bob Fosse is like his track record with choreography mm. and yet he, he's got to do it on this small scale so you make you manage to make them so impressive, but so sort of realistic. You mm-hmm. feel like you're in this sweaty, claustrophobic mm-hmm. little club watching it. Yeah,
3: it's very clever.
0: Okay, so well, we're gonna have some more gaudiness very soon. <laughs> uh, but later, Rachel is going to be taking a look at some other movie musicals for people who hate musicals, and Andy's going to be testing mine and Rachel's musical knowledge. I mean, no, I'm
3: really I scared. Know, I just
0: can't, you, you know,
2: I've we, tried my best, Paul, to make it uh, to make it fair, tip the balance a little in your favour, maybe even. Oh, oh good. <laughs> uh, so
0: we, I, I, can't, I don't recall Oasis making it. <laughs> So that's all after this short break. Now this is the slightly awkward bit of the show where we pass the hat around. Making a podcast isn't expensive, but there are some costs we need to cover. And to be honest, it would also be nice to have a few quid to keep us supplied with coffee and vegan biscuits. You can help the show by visiting our webpage, spoilerpodcast.co.uk, clicking on the donate button and giving whatever you think we're worth. Alternatively, if you're planning on buying anything from Amazon, you can do that via the links on our website and we get a few pennies each time. So that's spoilerpodcast.co.uk. Or you can help us out for free and get yourself an audiobook of your choice into the bargain by signing up for a free 30 day trial with Audible via the link on our website. Audible have the world's largest selection of audiobooks, including Berlin Diary, the journal of a foreign correspondent, 1934 to 1941 by William L. Shirer. You can cancel your membership at any time within the 30 days and you won't pay a penny, but you still get to keep your free audiobook and uh, add another password to your many long list of passwords. So just go to spoilerpodcast.co.uk, click on the Audible trial ad on the left-hand side. We get a few quid each time someone signs up via our link, which will help keep our producer Johnny supplied with lederhosen and schnitzel. Now, back to the show. It's
1: pure pornography.
0: But of course it is, darling. Welcome back. You're listening uh, to Spoiler, and we are discussing Bob Fosse's 1972 musical Cabaret. Uh, now, Rotten Tomatoes gave this 97%, and Roger Ebert said that this is no ordinary musical. Part of its success comes because it doesn't fall for the old cliche that musicals have to make you happy. He's right about that, isn't he? not <laughs> From my point of view. <laughs> um, but actually, do you know what? There was the... the I don't know. I'm, I'm You know, there were charming bits in it, but it's... For me, a lot of it comes down to the initial bit of Sally. I think there's, there's a, a deeper character there to be to be explored, or maybe she just is that shallow, and that's probably why she is, and you're shaking your head, don't I mean, you, Rachel? She's just that shallow. But it, I'm going to push it further and just say that if you ever have two radios on in the house, and one might be a digital radio, uh, and one might be like a normal transistor radio and you have in the kitchen, and maybe you're listening to digital radio on the telly, but they're on the same station, and then you find yourself in between it, and it's just that half a second delay. <laughs> It's so annoying, that. And that's how, that <laughs> is how annoying. Wow. Sally I know I've given this some thought haven't I
3: can I just ask what do you think of the character Holly Go Lightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's if you've ever watched that oh,
0: look at my face Ray. do I you look haven't like a you not watched it I'm going to
3: tell you never to watch that <laughs> <laughs> She's is it, she is, is like Holly Go Lightly
0: is it, is it as annoying as Deep Blue Something's Breakfast at Tiffany's
3: <laughs> <laughs> no uh, no I love yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's but the thing is but you, not, you hang have to no no,
0: no, no no I need to pull you up here sorry oh, I need to pull you up you're going on to a good point up, but <laughs> I need to pull you up and make sure that that's not Deep Blue Something's Breakfast at Tiffany's no
3: right? it's not
2: it's easy for me, because I can't stand either the film or the song. So. <laughs> Maybe it's one for a future.
3: Maybe so. This would be a good one.
0: No, no, um, no. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but no, Sally, uh, Sally, and Holly. Um, I think they've got certain mental health issues, and um, I would say Sally is classic borderline personality disorder. Um, well, the don't whole, know,
0: you making me feel feel bad. Yeah,
3: I see, I'm, that's what I want to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so go back and watch it with some sympathy. In heart. No, but um, <laughs> but no, she she is very very typical, and um, well, certainly she's very Holly Golightly, and this whole idea she's very fake on the surface because she hasn't got daddy's love, as we know. Her dad completely ignores her and has no. Time for whatsoever, she thinks nothing of herself at all. She thinks she's nothing, and so she puts on this bravado in this whole fake persona. This divine darling and everything else, which is what Holly Golightly is like. You know, she thinks she's this femme fatale and Brian has this brilliant line and I've written it down. They're having a bit of an argument. They've been with Max and she's, you know, he's telling her off basically for trying to be this femme fatale. You're about as fatale as an after dinner mint. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. In fact, my housemate nearly spat out his tea. (laughs) And, And it's absolutely right. She's such a flake. But inside, she's so lost. And actually, you know, with this whole thing about when she got pregnant and she wasn't sure who the father was, there was a real chance for her then to maybe have a life. But when there was, when they went to the wedding of some people, two people were very much in love, and they could see that. And you could see that Brian was thinking, "That's what a wedding should be." And then they're sat in this Everglade, and it's all really lovely. And but he's completely away with the fairies, and she's looking at him, thinking, "This is my life." He's not really in love with me. He, it's, this isn't real. And she could feel it slipping away so she has the abortion that's how I interpret it but she has to give this reason if I'm selfish and I'm this and I'm that, when actually it's all to do with her fear of being abandoned again. Mm, yeah, so I think she's got an awful lot of depth to it. I think she really has, and I think she acts it very well as well. I mean, the mm. fact you're annoyed by her yeah. proves what a brilliant yeah, actress I, I she do. is. I understand it, I, I understand it. it. Sorry, but
2: no, well, I was no, no, just go gonna on. say, uh, you were annoyed by the character. Did you think it was a bad performance? No, no, I, I completely
0: understand, mm. um, you know, the the, the the spotlight that's been put on Liza Minnelli for this. Um, I, you know, I did. She did it too well. So let's look at some of the other characters then, Rachel. And I, I think um, you were keen on bringing this up, which was uh, Fritz and Natalia, wasn't <laughs> oh, it? You know, yeah. and, and, and so there's, there's more depth to be had here, surely.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, in stage play, actually, the focus was more on two older people, but they brought it into two younger people for the film. And um, yeah, I thought, even though it was only a, quite a small subplot, really, but it was an important one. And Fritz was an incredibly sympathetic character because he was... At the beginning, you think, gold digger. Yeah, gold digger. That's what I was thinking. But actually, he fell in love with with Natalia so quickly. He was so enamoured with her. And so much so that, you know, he came out announcing he was Jewish in a place where he knew that could actually end up getting you killed. Mm, Yeah. You know, that's the depth of his love for the woman. And she was, I loved her. absolutely (laughs) love Natalia because she's so sweet. And the way she's so innocent and the way she's trying to learn English and say it all properly and... And she's just adorable, absolutely adorable. And when she gets um, Sally around to talk about the fact that Fritz has pounced on her <laughs> and what to do about it, she's just lovely. She's such a sweet character. Yeah,
0: she was good. I think uh, uh, in a certain circle of my friends, we might say that he, the boy was batting above his average there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so propping up throughout all this film, occasionally just coming on camera for no apparent reason with a powdered face, sticking his tongue out, whatever, um, is, is the MC guy of the cabaret, yeah, the Kit Kat club, Um What's that about,
2: Andy? Yeah, as you say, Paul, central to the importance of the entire <laughs> film. The uh, the <laughs> MC makes uh, welcome appearances throughout. Uh, uh, that's, a
0: way of, that's a way of looking at uh, it. Well, the Academy
2: certainly thought so. They they awarded him the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. And, really, uh, and I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. He beat he beat three cast members of The Godfather, including Al Pacino, to that My. Oscar, which uh, which is is very a very contentious point. But I mean, I think he is brilliant. It's it's a part like you don't usually see in anything else and it's almost as if he isn't real because apart from those performances the characters don't interact with him or talk about him or anything he is kind of the Greek chorus kind of figure who, uh, and and that's that's the function of the the cabaret really. It's it's the the Greek chorus to the rest of the film. And I think I think he's he's a brilliant performance. I mean, he, he, to me, he's kind of he almost feels like a magical thing. He's like Puck from the mm. Midsummer Night's Dream. And I think the only the only person he really interacts with from the main cast is, is Liza Minnelli when she's up on stage doing this uh, these performances with him. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just I just think he's great. He's uh, he's You don't quite know what to make of him. Is he a a sort of malevolent figure or is he a sympathetic one or.? Unnecessary.
3: No, here's the, the string. Beat Al, he beat Al Pacino.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Al Pacino, James <sighs> Kahn, and Robert Duvall.
3: No, but it's not as shocking. It's not as shocking as Tommy Lee Jones winning for the future two <laughs> <laughs> over Ray Fiennes and Schindler's List. <laughs>
0: not, even, not even for that when he stands up and does that speech where he says, I want to check every in house, out house, and dark
1: house
2: everything three miles of area. <laughs> not that bit. It's not even now. You're kidding me. Talk to Rachel for like half an hour and she will bring the conversation back around to that injustice
3: Oh, I haven't got over it yet it's terrible
2: now as we've heard
0: musicals can be divisive some people love them and uh, those people aren't getting any more biscuits from me some (laughs) people absolutely despise them pat on the back now a cabaret has been touted as the ideal musical for people who hate musicals they were wrong and Rachel is convinced that if you look hard enough the genre really does have something for everyone
3: that's done, you I was happily watching a film with my housemate the other day. We were both enjoying it in a happy, comfortable silence. When out of the blue, a chord was struck and the lead character flung out her arms, "What a fool I was! What a fool!" Before she'd even managed to sing a note, my housemate groaned in disgust and barked at me, "Is this a musical?" Just to emphasize the point, please imagine the word musical being said as if speaking about persistent dog fouling or stale vomit. Needless to say, he lasted about two seconds, then went off to do something more interesting that didn't involve 4-4 time, a heel ball change and a couple of jazz hands. My housemate loves films, and he loves music, but he really doesn't like the way musicals combine the two. He bemoans the lack of authenticity. Seriously, who just burst into song like that? And the sometimes cheesy lyrics. More than anything, he hates a cockney cheeky chappy with a penchant for side heel clicks and a pair of braces. With a little bit, with a
1: little bit
3: it, I really do. But I absolutely love musicals, and the more colourful and authentic the better. I find myself going the other way with musicals and wishing I could burst into song or dance down the street in real life. Really, why is that considered unacceptable? Anyway, I've made it my mission to find some musicals for my housemate to fall in love with, so his first instinct, when a band strikes up, isn't to run and hide. Cabaret is a well-known musical for people who hate musicals, principally because the characters sing when they realistically should do. But are there any others? As an avid musical lover, I have sought out a few non pizzazzy movie musicals that are most likely to satisfy the ardent musical hater. We start, as many of my film lists do, with Jim Henson's Labyrinth. It appears on first inspection to follow a lot of the musical haters' rules of hate, Characters burst into song, dance around, and express themselves through questionable lyrics, but the whole thing is unreal, so it doesn't feel jarring when Bowie's Goblin King suddenly starts, "You remind me of the Babe." If anything, you'd be disappointed if he didn't crack a tune or two. You remind me of the Babe. Babe? babe with the power. What power. Power of voodoo. You you do. right. Does it have to be human? Little Shop of Horrors works in a similar way, by basing itself in an entirely implausible version of our own world, where a carnivorous alien plant makes plans to take over the world. If you can suspend your disbelief to accept that much, then you really can't quibble over the aforementioned plant belting out a cracking soul number at the sight of a tempting drop of blood. The me! Animation and puppet-based characters seem to get away with singing at random far more easily than their human counterparts. Most people are more than happy for a cafe kitchen full of singing puppet rats to start dancing on frying pans, or stop motion skeletons to break into catchy tunes about the joys of Christmas. Muppets Take Manhattan and The Nightmare Before Christmas are surely enjoyable for even the hardest of musical-hating hearts. I mean, come on, it's a rat peddling a hand whisk, that's pretty winsome. You don't have to go all fantastical to get away with putting songs in a story, though. The award winning musical Once is a very realistic indie musical about two musicians, a guitarist and a pianist, who inspire each other to produce beautiful music. The majority of the songs come when you would expect them to, but there are a couple that come in less realistic settings. However, the lead characters are musicians. They express themselves best through that medium, so it's not surprising when they sing to themselves. Morter's Crybaby isn't really a fantasy, as unrealistic as it may be, but the songs work, as there is a definite feel of parody about each number. The lyrics are gently mocking of the genre, while also good enough to sing along to. A young Johnny Depp steals every scene he's in as a James Dean-esque Crybaby, and there's some hilarious turns from Ricky Lake and Iggy Pop. I would strongly recommend this one and its cousin Hairspray for anyone who thinks musicals are saccharine. Well,
1: the only crime he's guilty
3: of is blanket hate of movie musicals is ill-advised for the avid film lover. What they probably mean is that they hate musicals where people tap-dance, clutch their hearts and generally overact. There are a vast amount of musicals that include none of these features, and by dismissing a film for its genre, they are denying themselves a whole world of sometimes fantastical, often moving, and nearly always magical stories. Suck it up, haters, and find your musical. There's one for everyone, if you just look hard enough.
0: OK, thanks for that, Rachel. And uh, we're back now in the studio with the whole gang back together. And as we stroll towards the end uh, of, uh, of us discussing uh, cabaret, uh, I think there, there's a scene in there which I think um, none of us are going to disagree on, which is two double negatives. Um, in uh, But it's necessary. <laughs> uh, but I, th- I think that um, the Tomorrow uh, Belongs to Me scene uh, where uh, one... Nazi sympathizer, we could call it, or just outright Nazi. Yes, uh, uh, were stood up and started singing uh, that that particular tune, and everyone joined it. And it's what was disturbing for me was how how just how rousing it was, Mm. and I I thought that was you know out of all this, as I said earlier on, there are bits in this um, that you know really really stood out obviously Liza Minnelli's performance, but this too, just how rousing that was and how disturbing it, it was to see such a mm. thing. Uh, and, I, you know, that that places it in, in a period of time. And I understood at that point as well, just how brave, I don't know if is the right word, I'm going to say it though, because I hope you know what I mean by it, that that, that it was, you know, um, as we mentioned at the top of the programme, you know, this was um, you know, not so much time after uh, the end of the Second World War that this was put out and it, it does seem powerful.
3: No, it's very powerful. I thought what I actually picked up on when I watched it recently was the long car journey which didn't make a lot of sense to me years ago but it's a very long car journey out of berlin and i think half of that is to show you just how far into the country the rise of the nazis has got you know they're right in really in rural but germany they're they're way away from the city and um you know it's just a nice sunny day everyone's drinking beer or and this young boy stands up starts singing and there is a reluctance at the start i think there's a oh. Oh, and everyone's just sort of seriously looking at him and then somebody else joins in, two more young people. And um and then it just builds and builds until until they're all singing apart from like there's an old guy and you can just see he's like world weary and oh god, here we mm. go. You know, I'm not joining him in this. And I think the worst bit of it is when when the arm starts to come up into the into yeah. that salute. Yeah. Oh god, it just sends chills through you. Mm-hmm. And then when Michael York's character, you know, says to Maximilian, do you still think you can control them? And it's like... You really can't. Mm. It's like obviously we know what's coming, and um, and you can see how it happened, how it just infiltrated, and it's it's terrifying.
0: Mm. And the propaganda as well back at the um, the, the boarding flats or whatever, mm. uh, where they were stopping, and the you know the people reading the the newspapers and and the, that that mm. you know racist or, or racist propaganda really that, that's bringing about the hatred towards Jews. You know, yeah. and they're saying well you know looking at a newspaper, and that the, the frustrating thing for me was I realised that actually that still goes on today. You know, oh, it, completely. Um, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and that was quite. quite Quite depressing uh, more so than the the songs. And uh, Andy <laughs> Andy so let's, let's leap towards the end uh, uh, of the film now. I mean obviously you, you you both enjoyed it but how how was the end for you? Were you were you pleased with the way it turned but
2: out? I, I quite liked the end and it was uh, it quite it surprised me a little bit when I first saw it because it's quite sort of abrupt but there's a I mean you it's this this final image where the the MC bows out. He leaves the stage and then reflected in the symbol you see the audience and you see that you see Nazis peppered throughout mm, the audience. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the, the the Tomorrow Belongs to Me scene is quite disturbing because it, it's the first time in the, the film where the Nazis almost take over the screen. It's sort of, a, you see the rise of Nazism in the background of the film, but then they're, they're totally there. But then at the end of the film, when you see them mixed into the crowd like that, it's even more disturbing for me because you can see the infiltration they've they're now it's almost like they're holding the audience in check mm. and for the first time like in in the film it's just total silence, and the credits roll over total silence mm. which is highly unusual unusual mm. for a musical yeah and that's that's very chilling i mean in the last show we talked about sitting through an entire end, end credits scene i did it again in cabaret and it is just a, a freeze frame and, and total silence but it's It just holds you in thrall at that moment because you're so kind of, uh, you're so taken with that last image, or I was anyway.
3: No, absolutely, me too. And it was in complete contrast to the start when when he was doing the Wilkommen section and there's one Nazi um, in in the club and he gets thrown out immediately. Um, Obviously, the repercussions of that is he is the person that throws him out, gets beaten up. But now... There are how many in the audience, and nobody's throwing them out. And it's like they're part of it now. And it's it's chilling. And yeah, the fact that the credits got without music, it's like, yeah, they're going to silence the music. They're going to silence it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the MC saying goodbye as well, because he introduced us, he said, welcome, and he's saying goodbye. So he needs to, he's the bookends as well. Yeah. And I, I do like the fact that he kind of scurries off. It's like, I'm, I'm out of here before this, before, the, before it gets real, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm out. And um, yeah, I think it's a very good ending. Okay,
0: well, I'm going to leave it at that because I think, I think you both perhaps put it in a better way than I could. Um, so the scoring system. See, you know, I like like gongs. I like gongs a lot.
3: Okay.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) That's exactly the right reply. Thank you. Um, And uh, since Johnny, our twice Radio Academy Award nominated producer, um, he's look at him, wake up with a start now. Um, We're going to verbally say the word gong or pop um, and Johnny is going to replace it with a sound effect. Rachel
3: so I have to ch- I have to choose a uh, of- how, sorry how
0: I, hard is it how
3: hard? I like the noise of a
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: it, is, it, is, it is funny I knew this would throw you I knew it
3: can I have both <laughs> like um, okay
0: yes you can
2: go can for I, it
3: can I have that please Johnny <laughs>
2: um, Andy <laughs> uh, 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 no <laughs> Um, I'd, I'd like to, to send Johnny on another uh, quest for some other sound effects, but I'll, I'll stick with the system.
0: No, no, uh, go for it. Now, what, what do you think? You send a term, you know, we've all brought 50p and we're, playing, we're playing our board games
2: here, we brought our own clothes. Um, can you have those those old, those old little, little like green whistles that go. <whistles>
1: yeah. One of them.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah? yeah, well, we're getting knots from Through the Glass, so that's good. And, um,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and as we mentioned there it is uh, end of term uh last one of this series so um if you tuned in for any of this or in the previous series thank you very much um so now it's time for andy's musical quiz
2: Okay, so we're we ready for the the musicals quiz then. Well,
0: we, we are just to a point. Just to a, a, a point. Saying, it looks like you're trying to host the show here. We?
2: I mean, I, 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 we
0: need to take issue. It's happened with the producer before, and I, I need to. Uh, I mean beat you back down, I think. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> of
3: course, if he wins this quiz, then, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah then the yeah. happy be well, can be.
2: I've tried to, to make it a, a bit fairer. I mean, we uh, the first quiz we had was the classical music quiz where me and Paul just sat like lemons and <laughs> Rachel had to hand us the answers, practically. Uh, second one we did was the Disney quiz where I just cleaned up and Paul <laughs> well, sat in silence. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, <sir. laughs> yeah, That's
3: exactly what you'd say, yes.
2: Uh, so, I've tried to, to make it fairer. This time we've got allocated questions for each contestant excellent stitch uh, up uh, stitch ra- up <laughs> rachel your your songs come a bit more from the sort of more classical era of oh, okay. the uh, the musical and um paul yours are a bit more modern so uh
0: okay i can't remember
2: depeche mode the musical but let's, <laughs> let's give it a go okay so to each so uh all i want from you is what the name of the musical is of the song this oh, came from
3: thank god you don't want the year it's made <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> or not the title of the song or anything just oh, the name okay. of the musical okay so uh question one is for rachel
1: Your beautiful hide wherever you may be. We ain't met yet, but I'm a willing to bet you're the gal for me. Do
0: you know what I think? If you give me long enough, am I got
2: it? (laughs) <laughs> Brilliant
3: Awesome That's Seven Brides For Seven Brothers It
2: is Seven Brides For Seven Brothers Now if you ever want to see A truly awful musical film <laughs> I think
3: it's one of the Dodgiest lyrics yeah. ever I mean, That,
2: that, that song I, I can't stand the film But that song comes Right at the beginning And if it's ever on telly I always tune in for that Because it's so Audaciously offensive <laughs> But so delightfully catchy At the same time <laughs> yeah, I'll look that up On Spotify later so. <laughs> Okay Paul So uh, here's your first clip then Excellent.
1: It's just a jump to the left. With your hands on
0: your hips. Okay, now we did this at Cinderella Rockefeller uh, back in 1990. <laughs> um, and that is... Rocky Horror Picture Show. It is the Rocky Horror Get Picture it. Show. That's
2: Woo-hoo. one apiece. And isn't that a musical illustrative yeah. of how Cabaret was a game changer? That That's wouldn't have true. Happened, would That's it? true. That's true. There we go. Okay, quite yeah. Wait, all, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well done, Andy. Okay, Rachel. Slightly more difficult one for oh, you. No. Number two.
1: With this light brown derby and this bright green tie, he was quite the handsomest of man.
3: Yeah. Away, right? I like
1: this. Mm.
3: Is it Meet Me in St. Louis? It is Meet Me in
2: St. Louis Directed oh, by don't.
3: Vincente Minelli, Liza's father <laughs> Oh yeah, I didn't even note that connection
2: down Yeah, there you go. I, I was going <laughs> to say Calamity Jane <laughs> And who was that singing? Judy Garland No, no extra points but <laughs> Can I
3: have another biscuit?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it How far am
0: I out with Calamity Jane? Miles. Uh, well it's wrong so <laughs> yeah, that's as no, far out as you can be
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but but this is the one that's important to get right well so uh, okay. so here's your second but okay.
1: should we blame the government or blame society
0: or should we blame the images on tv no blame
1: canada blame canada,
0: blame canada. with all their beady little eyes and clapping heads so full of lies blame Okay, so instinct drew me towards, and this isn't my answer. You're not okay. going to get all. Uh, okay, no, no, no I,
2: I won't. Until you, you don't have to this accept my first answer. answer.
0: No, I was going with World of America, Team Police, or something like that. From the same thing, it's the same people, isn't it? And it was South Park.
2: It was. It was yes. South Park, bigger, longer than Uncut, but I uh, South Park.
3: I'm really Maybe. glad you didn't ask me that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just look completely blank there. Do you know what? I don't know if you're saying that to make me feel better. On I that am. Version, <laughs> So, so the, the tension's mounting then. Uh, <laughs> I hope one of you gets these next ones wrong because I haven't got a tiebreaker or anything. Uh, Rachel, here's your third one. Okay.
1: A man's got a heart, hasn't he? Mm. Joking apart, hasn't he? And a lie.
2: Which well, is miming along already, I'm afraid,
1: both. <laughs> oh. I'm finding it hard to be really as black. As they pay, I'm reviewing
2: the
3: situation <laughs> and the fellow... You're yeah, just
2: yeah. enjoying that. Oh, aren't you? I
3: love it! Absolutely love it. Really? That's that's Ron Moody as Fagin in Oliver.
2: It is, yeah. And I, <laughs> I just wanted that one in there because I think that's one of the most underrated oh, songs me in, in favourite. Mm. <laughs> really I mean, for
0: what it's worth, I'd have probably guessed at that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you would, Paul. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> but okay. So third, third one. Then, so you're going for the tie, then, Paul, so you can work out with your head held high if you can get this clip number three. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Well, what kind of person would I be? I mean, bear in mind, I've never seen singing in the rain and I know you two hold that against me. I don't think you'll ever think I'm a, a fully rounded human being until I do. Um, which makes me want to not see it all the more. Uh, that is, of course, uh, the Blues Brothers, which uh, I think, I think Andy makes everyone a winner just because we've heard that. How it about does, that? Yeah, yeah. So actually, does that mean I like musicals if I like that?
2: Yeah. Um, it's a very unusual musical again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I think it, it technically is,
3: isn't it? It's a musical, yeah.
2: In fact, yeah, they, bust, they dance in they, the street yeah, and everything. So yeah oh, yeah. Old fashioned, you know, way jazz hands? <laughs> so it's hope for you yet, yeah, Paul. It's debatable. <laughs> so,
0: well, thank you uh, very much for putting that quiz together, Andy. Thank you both uh, for all your contributions towards the programme. And of course, thank you uh, to uh, Johnny Behind the Glass uh, for producing this, the second series of Spoiler. We hope you enjoyed it half as much as we put it together. But that wouldn't, I don't know. Nice. No, we hope you enjoyed it twice as much yes, <laughs> as we enjoyed putting it together, and then it will make it all worthwhile.
2: Uh, we'll leave you, as ever, uh, with a poem from the genial Andy Golding. Life's a cabaret, old chum, declared Liza Minnelli. This decadent philosophy plays havoc with my belly. The moment I first heard those words, my stomach content shifted, for when it comes to music, I am notably ungifted. My early misadventures on the primary school recorder led to many brutal scenes of panic and disorder. ''Make it stop!'' the teacher cried above the pandemonium. ''He sounds like an asthmatic who's ingested a euphonium.'' From that day forth, my teacher would emphatically insist. He couldn't hold a tune if it was handcuffed to his wrist. And yet I flouted her advice and set my sights still higher. At comprehensive school, I tried to get into the choir. I still remember everybody at that first audition. How peaceful they all looked in the recovery position.'' If life's a cabaret, I guess, there's not much hope for me. I cannot sing, I cannot play, therefore I cannot be. It's quite all right for Liza, or for Meatloaf, or for Rydian. Alas, my throat is home to the proverbial amphibian. It's time that I relinquish this philosophy, methinks. If life's a cabaret, old chum, then I'll be serving drinks.
1: What good is sitting alone in the room?
0: You've been listening to Spoiler, hosted by me, Paul Tyler, with Andy Goulding and Rachel Burnett. Our theme music was composed by Ron Butcher, with additional music from the Cabaret original soundtrack.
1: Come to the cabaret.
0: If you've enjoyed the show and would like to support us, you can go to our website, spoilerpodcast.co.uk, click on the donate button and give us whatever you think we're worth. You can also sign up for a free 30 day trial with Audible and get yourself a free audiobook by going to spoilerpodcast.co.uk and clicking on the Audible trial banner on the left hand side. Now, alternatively, if you're planning on buying anything from Amazon, do it via the links on our website and we'll get a few pennies commission to help us keep us supplied with the coffee and vegan biscuits. Or you can help us out by simply telling your friends about us, sharing links to our show, or writing a nice review on iTunes.
1: This is time! for celebrating right this way your table's waiting
0: no, yes, next time on Spoiler we're taking a look at the 2009 British sci-fi drama Moon
1: Curdy. yes
0: Sam Is there someone in
1: the room with
0: us Sam get some sleep if you'd like to contact us about that or anything else you can email hello at spoilerpodcast.co.uk find us on Twitter or Facebook or go to our website spoilerpodcast.co.uk Spoiler is produced by Johnny Hall and is a Joe Schmo production The show was recorded at the studios of Siren FM in the heart of the beautiful cathedral city of
1: Lincoln Here life is beautiful The girls are beautiful So come Солнце.